Is Jabari Smith Jr. a bust? In this video, I'm gonna try to answer this question. Tap in, enjoy. If you're new to the Chop Shop, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can get the best NBA content out there. Also, hit the like button on this video if you appreciate the content that you're watching. And don't forget to visit the Chop Shop merch store. The link is gonna be in the description of this video. Make sure you support the channel so we can keep bringing you guys this heat. So currently Jabari has a 38% field goal percentage, which is not great. 29% um, uh, three point percentage, which is not great for a guy that was slotted to be a three and D sniper. And his EFG is at 45%, which is not great at all. Um, so by all accounts, um, he's struggling. And to me, one of the main reasons that his struggles um, are more pronounced than other rookies is because Jabari is not a self creator. Um, that's really the fundamental issue with what's going on with him and why it looks so bad is because the style of the game that he has and this kind of to me is the foundational issue with um the perception of him uh by fans by by um the general nba audience is because of this fact because he is almost in a perfect storm of being a self-creator that's in an offense that demand self-creation right coach silas's offense the um you know he runs a lot of high pick and rolls spread pick and rolls a lot of um dribble handoffs that lead into isolation and a lot of isolation and even though this is what they want to run, run a lot of the times the sets don't really look like they're supposed to once the initial action is countered by the defense our guys kind of break down into isolation anyways this is a disaster for a player like jabari who has been limited if you watch jabari at auburn one thing you'll notice um, that the coaching staff there did um, at Auburn, Bruce Pearl and his staff did, was they recognized what Jabari was, right? Jabari is somebody that's going to struggle trying to generate space um, with with his handles and all these other things that some of these other players like Paulo and other players would do. And and Bruce Pearl's offense basically used the, the pick and roll with um, with Walker Kessler, then used some off ball action to try to get Jabari some plays where he would get a mismatch on a smaller player or get into the post. And this is a misnomer. Jabari operated a lot out of the post at Auburn and I've watched film on Jabari, but for this video, I really, I, I think I watched three of their games and, um, you know, the game that really stood out to me was the loss they had against Tennessee. Um, you know, and, and when you see him, some of his, his most high scoring games, those are the positions that they had him uh, working about that, that kind of that 15 to 18 foot range. That's where they initiated offense from. Now you, you counter that or, or contrast that to the Houston Rockets where Jabari is getting all his initiation from the three-point line. So then that makes it that much harder for him to be able to get going. And this is not gonna excuse any of his poor shooting. You know, that's, to me, all the rookies are shooting bad from three. I want you guys to just look at this graphic. Look at this graphic, see how poorly everybody is shooting from three. So, you know, except Keegan Murray, most rookies struggle from three, but it's more pronounced in Jabari because he doesn't have the other side of his game like some of these other guys have. Paolo, self-creator, when he's not shooting well from three, he can get to multiple aspects in his game, whether it's the post-up, whether it's him in, in transition, whether it's him running the pick and roll, uh, or he's the role man as, as a pick and roll big, uh, whether it's uh, him getting some uh, easy uh, mid-range shots, but you know the magic also put him in position to be successful um you know whether it's matherin in his game getting to the free throw line uh, being able to generate getting downhill to the basket um so he's put in positions where these can be maximized for him jabari is the only player out of this group 
um, that his game and what he did well in college isn't being uh, offered for him in the NBA level. Essentially, the Rockets have made Jabari a role player. They've made him a role player. And I'm going to show you guys how this is happening. Uh, they've made him a role player because they've made him literally just somebody that shoots threes. And if he's not shooting threes or attacking closeouts, um, the only time he's going to get uh, offense is in uh, either in transition or off of putbacks and other type of random plays that have nothing to do with any intention to get him going or get him the ball. And to me, this is the base reason why he why he's suffering. We're going to look at how Jabari was used at Auburn compared to the Houston Rockets. I think this is the root of a lot of the issues that he's currently having. So what I did was I went through uh, Synergy and looked at their play types and try to kind of um, break them down based on shot distribution and seeing how he looked at Auburn and seeing what was working and successful for him there and how it was translated for the Houston Rockets. I'm going to give you all a forewarning. It wasn't translated by the Houston Rockets. So the most frequent type of shot that Jabari took at Auburn were spot up threes. So the spot up threes were 24% of his diet at Auburn. As far as his shot diet, about one fourth of his shooting. And for the Houston Rockets, that number jumped up to 30%. So that is a high uh, amount of his, his shots came in the spot up range. And uh, when he was at Auburn, he was an excellent spot up shooter. Um, and, you know, and you guys know, basically one of the best shooters uh, coming out in the draft. Uh, and that's why he was slated to be one of the top players, whether he was going to go one, two or three. Um, this was the reason why the spot up shooting. This is kind of the big mystery of what, what went wrong with Jabari. Like, what happened to a spot up shooting? Why is it so poor right now? Um, because at Auburn, he was shooting 45% from three on those um, on those uh, attempts, 79 attempts. So that volume is where I want us to kind of focus on the, the volume of those shots. So at Auburn, he, he had 132 spot up possessions and uh, he was ranked as a 94 percentile and an excellent spot up shooter in those possessions. At Houston, he's had um, a 303 possessions and um, he's ranked as a below average. So going from excellent to below average, that's a big, big drop. And if you look at the percentage of the shots that uh, Jabari had uh, from the spot up region, uh, you know, that's 30% in Houston and 24% in, in Auburn. So regardless of where he was, um, a lot of his shots were spot up threes. I think that's the majority of his shot, uh, both at Auburn and both in Houston. The 70%, the 7% increase is significant though. That is a significant increase in, in, in shooting over um, a, a player. That's about a, a half a possession more per game. Uh, for him you could think that over an 82 game season that's about 40 more possessions so that's the 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 top shooting with spot ups if you look at it his second most frequent um shots in at auburn were isolation and people are going to be like isolation yes isolation one thing bruce pearl did was he did a great job getting jabari to his spot get into to a spot using their offensive schematics to get him um mismatches on the uh, on on switches on smaller players if you watch um the old auburn games from 2022 a lot of times they would use the high pick and roll with um walker kessler um, at the top of the key and have jabari cut across um from sideline to sideline over and uh whoever was in the paint 
would set a back screen for him to be able to switch out to the player that that person was guard. Usually it was a small forward or shooting guard that he would be switched on because his man would be screened by uh, the opposite uh, end uh, person that's on the wing over there on the opposite end. So once they make that switch, Jabari would then try to pin down the smaller player in the position. And then they out of the pick and roll, um, they would try to get the ball to the to the three point line and get an entry pass for him if the initial pick and roll read didn't, didn't work. First off, let me just say that alone is more complicated and more uh, more innovative than anything I've seen the Rockets run in the past few years. So shout out to Bruce Pearl and Auburn for having a better offensive system than the Houston Rockets. But once he was in that position, they would dump off the ball there. And that's where he get a, got a lot of his isolation shots. In, the, in that position where he was having mismatches against smaller players, players he could use his height and shoot over. And a lot of times the, the shots that he was successful on were just a quick pull-ups, whether it was one dribble, two dribble, pull-ups. When he tried to put the ball on the ground, that's where he got in trouble. That's where he got the the kind of the tag of being a non-creator. We saw that whenever he would try to get the ball and try to make something with it, he'll fall or do something. We, we've, we've all gotten accustomed to that now. And so for even the announcers would, would know that and that was the knock on him coming out of college but if you saw what he was doing well it was those quick shots in the kind of the mid to high post area where he was able to get mismatches and the Auburn offense really did a great job of doing that doing getting him to a spot where he could take advantage of, of, of those smaller players and in those possessions synergy as a college player they ranked him as a very good isolation player now the funny thing is 15% at Auburn guess what that number is for the Houston Rockets 4% so that went down by 11% that is a lot so he dropped 11% um, of his play types are are basically the 4% is insignificant he doesn't get a lot of isolation plays um, he really really doesn't see uh, much in isolation plays from the Houston Rockets because that is uh, not what their MO is as a team that has all these first round picks. In fact, he's only had, y'all want to hear this, 28 possessions in isolation. And if you look at his um, his ranks for the half courts uh, shots that he gets, he is he, that's the only thing he's good at. Everything else, he's poor or below average. So the only thing Jabari's good at, he's only gotten 28 uh, possessions of doing it. Uh, doing that and you know obviously what does that sound like it sounds like a player that's not being prioritized and put into a system that doesn't fit him right so th this is what um you know like i said this is what he's doing now 303 possessions as a spot-up shooter he has only 28 possessions as an isolation player in 61 games in the nba compared to when he was in college in isolation he had 82 possessions in only 34 games so that that ratio is really crazy for me to see that the third most frequent play um, for Jabari in college uh, in the half court setting came on post-ups. So 11% of his shots in, from Auburn came in post-ups and he was ranked as a very good post-up player. For the Rockets, um, only 46 possessions of that. Only 46 possessions of post-up. That's 6% That's a 4% decrease in that. So if you calculate the two, 25% of Jabari's shots were in the isolation in the mid to high post or the post-ups on the Rockets, it's only 10%. That's a 15% decrease in him getting touches in a certain uh, aspect of the court. For the Rockets, you know where his second most frequent um, uh, shots come from for Jabari in transition? That's where they come from in transition for the Houston Rockets, 19%. So between his spot of shooting and transition play, 50% of Jabari's uh, offensive died is spot up in transitions. Whereas in Auburn, he was getting a quarter of his shots came from spot ups. 15% came from isolation uh, in the mid to high post area. 11% came from straight post ups and 12% came in transitions. 
So if you look at him in the half court setting, basically, if he's not getting the ball on a fast break or he's not getting it where he can walk up into a transition three, he is getting it as a spot up shooter. We have basically turned our number three pick into an elite role player, and he's not very elite right now. And why is this significant? Because this is significant because Jabari doesn't do other things very well. We've already spoken about the knocks on him as a player. He can't really self-create. He's not a, like a pick and roll ball handler where he could generate everything that he wants to do on his own. He can't run the offense. And the offense for the Rockets isn't generating open shots for him. So when he struggles like every other rookie in shooting threes, and if you look at the three-point shots for the rookies, they all suck. If, you, if he struggles like every other rookie, he just looks terrible. And you can blame that on the offense. You can blame that on the offensive system. Not the shooting, but his overall look because there's nothing catered for him to be able to shine at the things he actually does well. The things he does well. Some of the best things Jabari did. Post-up player. Isolation in the in the mid-range area. He's an excellent spot-up shooter from college. All of those things are either below average or poor on the Houston Rockets. And if anybody's played basketball, um, you would know that basketball is a rhythm a rhythm game. You have to get your rhythm. You have to be in a, in a in a groove to be able to feel yourself out and get that confidence. And if your confidence is only relying on you hitting threes and nothing else, and there's no prioritization by the team by the coach to get you shots then you are going to struggle as a young 19 year old in the NBA. So that's that's really one aspect of looking at it from that. I wanted to contrast him with Paolo Bancaro. And as you know, like if you go look at all the, the shooting stats for the rookies, they all suffer. But all these other rookies look better than him. The only rookie that's really having an elite shooting year is um, Keegan Murray uh, from three. And we know their offense generates all the shots that he wants to have. Keegan is coming off screens. He's doing all these things that, um, you know, help him generate shots. Can you imagine trying to run pick and rolls with Keegan? Can you imagine trying to like have him isolate over and over and over again? No, because their offense is based on movement. A lot of, um, you know, and he's a movement shooter. That's what he did in college. And that's what he's doing in the NBA. Uh, for Paolo Bancaro, one thing that you have to appreciate that the Magic are doing for him is that they're actually helping him uh, develop into the player that they want, to, want him to be. And it's a little easier to do that with a player that could self-generate. But one thing the Magic have done is that they've really looked at what Paolo was good at in college and they, and they looked at things he had potential in. When Paolo was at Duke, he was a player that basically played like a star but it was a role player usage so he wasn't just going crazy with all the shots and with the duke offense he really didn't get to explore a lot of the game that you saw flashes in uh for him um at duke a lot of his shots came either in spot up or in isolation we saw that he was used a lot off ball and forced to kind of shoot and uh you know for him that wasn't a strength of his so you know what the magic did for spot up they decreased that by six percent now in their offense only 14 percent of his shots are in spot up so they saw something that he needs to work on and they're gonna take that away because they see that as a weakness so don't always assume that you have to put put people in disadvantage disadvantages for them to be able to improve you actually typically what the nba does and coaches do is they try to work through the issues players have while building their confidence and trying to explore and build on things they already do well that's how you teach and that's how a lot of people go about doing business when it comes to developing players if you look at his isolation which is what um he also did a lot of isolation in uh in college um you know they took it down six percent they took his isos down six percent and you know what they did with those isolation plays they moved that percentage over to pick and roll ball handler 
Paulo was only playing 5% of his uh, offensive possessions as a pick and roll ball handler in at Duke. The Magic ramped that up by 17% to 22%. So almost a quarter of Paulo's reps comes as a pick and roll ball handler. This is identifying the talent that your player has and trying to maximize it. And he was good as a pick and roll ball handler as a 5% uh, guy at Duke. As a 22%, he's average, which is actually really impressive for a new skill a player isn't really good at doing on the NBA level. And so these are significant. They took down his post-ups um, because of obviously the team construction. They have a lot of bigs that they could use on Orlando. But the fact that they decrease his spot-ups, a weakness of his, and increase the strength of his that was just there kind of on low volume shows that they had a plan for Paulo and they have a vision and intention in what they want him to do. You contrast that to Jabari, a player that you see what his strengths are. And instead of giving him the isolation touches in the mid to high post, drawing up plays to get him mismatches, using him more as a screener on pick and rolls, what they did was they basically just put him to the side and Coach Silas has openly admitted that they don't run plays for Jabari. They have made him a glorified three-point spacer. This is the number three overall pick in the NBA draft from the 2022 season. They've made him a glorified three-point spacer with no intention on getting him plays. Why is this happening? So to me, what it comes down to with Jabari and the Rockets and why they're using him as a glorified spacer with most of his shots coming up and coming in just spot ups and coming in just transition and offensive putbacks is that they have too many guys on the roster. And honestly, I don't think we know what to do with them. We have a situation where you have a coaching staff and a team that has too many priorities and too many fires going on at the same time. And what tends to happen when that occurs is that people get left behind and Jabari is going to be a casualty of that situation happening this is why we have players like ty ty and josh christopher that don't get minutes and get sent down to the g league because you typically don't draft that many first round picks and you don't draft three four or five lottery players because it's hard to get the minutes on an nba court because also it's hard to fit all of them and maximize their talents on a system that is predicated on ball handling. It is not a coincidence that when Jalen, Kevin Porter, and the guys that are the stars of our teams don't play, you know who fills in and gets the most shots and usage and touches? It's gonna to be Knicks, Eric Gordon, whoever the point guard is. They're the guys that replace them because the offense is predicated on ball handlers. The offense is, is, is in the hands of the ball handler. And if you're not a ball handler, the only way you could feast is off of secondary actions, putbacks, transition, or if they kick you out for a three, or if you're a center, when you get a, a bounce pass or a dump off or a lob. And so this is what our offense is. So just naturally that type of offense isn't built for players like Jabari Smith Jr. who needs post-up touches, mid-range touches, touches at different parts of the court. To me, this is irre irrelevant to his shooting. If Jabari is gonna shoot 20% from every zone in the NBA, I don't care. But I need to see him get the ball at different parts of the court because I've seen him do it in college and I've seen what works for him. And to build his confidence, I'm gonna ensure that he gets ample amounts of uh, uh, touches in, the, in isolation where he can get mismatches. I'm gonna run offensive sets to get him there. You don't have to run a play to get Jabari a shot, but you do have to run plays to get him advantages. And I think that's where Coach Silas has failed. When he said he doesn't run plays for Jabari Smith Jr., I'm not even sure why he said that out loud. That's not a flex. That sounds like incompetence. 
because you know what his limitations are and you're trying to build his confidence and build his game as you go on. A lot of those limitations aren't going to be fixed in the NBA on the court in real time, because when you're playing and the bullets are firing, you don't have time to practice those fine motor skills and the little things you need to get better. Those are going to be fixed over time and long periods of time in the off season uh, in practice and things like that. But in order for you to implement them, you have to get enough quality reps to be able to uh, uh, maximize those skills. Now, the reason I'm hopeful for Jabari, despite what the Rockets are not doing for him, is that if you look at some of the things he is doing well, um, like finishing at the rim, being able to attack closeouts with competence, uh, being able to hit uh, some of his mid-range shots, um, those are things that he had weaknesses on. And that speaks to me, to his work ethic and things that he's doing to get better. And, and even though the Rockets aren't putting him in any positions to be successful, like some of the other rookies are being put in position to be successful, if he can, if as he improves on the aspect of his game like him in transition getting putbacks rebounding and things that doesn't require him to have the ball in his hand when we do have a system that has a coach that knows what they're doing that can balance out the distribution of shots for the roster and maybe when some of the the, the clutter is cleared up on the roster and he is going to be a priority because he is the third overall pick then you may be able to see him flourish and i think that's really where the hope should lie for jabari and the houston rockets fans it's not that he's doing this great feat right now or there's some hidden uh things that he's doing well uh, but it's that the things that he was supposed to be good at, he sucks at them. And a lot of the re reasons he sucks at them is because he's not being in a position to be successful. The shooting, to me, across the board, rookies struggle on shooting threes. You can look at multiple rookies from multiple years. They struggle, especially bigs that are stretch bigs that have to get adjusted to the NBA line. They struggle for shooting threes. Where they don't struggle at is the natural aspects of their games. And Jabari isn't given an opportunity to be able to show that. So he's having to learn and get the scrap and get the things that he wants to do. You don't believe me? Go watch film on the best games that Jabari has had. A lot of the games that he has had where he scores a lot of points comes off of putbacks, offensive rebounds, transitions where he gets uh, fouled or gets to the layup line. Um, and he may hit a couple threes, but even the games he does well, the threes are irrelevant. He's not like shooting 60% from three when he's doing well in the games. It's off of just hustle and things like that. A lot of little things around the basket that he can get. So that's what he's getting his points off of. If there ever comes a time where a coach is hired that gets Jabari in the spots, even close to what Bruce Pearl did, then we may be able to see the guy that we all thought we were going to get when the draft came. So is Jabari a bust? No. But what is happening is that the Rockets as a tanking team are failing him to put him in position to be successful. And it looks worse than it actually is because in this game and on the offense that we run, a lot of the things, if you're not uh, being put in position to be successful, you're going to be forced to try to self-create and it just looks bad when it's not there. You compound that with him missing threes like a lot of these other rookies are. You compound that with being on a team that has about seven or eight other guys that are first or second year players. You compound that with a coach that is trying to figure out what he's going to do as a coach, as a head coach. You compound that in a context where they're tanking. You compound that in a place where there's an insecurity at every level, whether it's a coach knowing he might get fired this year, the GM trying to make moves to make him uh, keep his job and all these things happening. That's a, a perfect storm for a player to struggle that's young. But I think I've seen enough. If you look at what really made him successful at Auburn, he has not been given the opportunity to be successful at that. So 
is Jabari a bust? No, I don't think he's a bust. I think it's too early. In fact, for all the players on the Rockets, I would love to see what they look like on a team that actually knows what they're doing and has some intention, some structure to be able to help them out. So this is my takeaway on Jabari Smith. Give him time, give him a new system. When they can put him as a priority on the team and he can get into a spot and he gets his rhythm going and they can run some plays, not to just get him a bunch of shots, run some plays to put him in advantageous uh, positions, then I think you can see his, his real, real true stardom shine from there. So give the kid some time, give it some years. Y'all let me know what y'all think about the video. Are you scared about Jabari's future? Um, did this video help clarify anything for you? Let me know in the comments. And as you always know, hit the like button if you like the content that you're receiving right now. And as always, keep supporting the Chop Shop as we keep dropping that fire.